Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the show, the best show on the internet, the RR Show. My name's Andy, and today I am taking you on to a glorious trip into r slash pro revenge. You know what they say, revenge is a dish best served hot or at least tepid room temperature. So grab your tea and your popcorn, we're going to jump straight in with the first story, which looks interesting, from The Dragon System. Pay your tattoo artist. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. This happened when I was young. I heard it secondhand from my grandmother, who the main character of the cast lived with at the time. My uncle's ex-girlfriend was an all-around horrible person. Abusive babysitter, got my uncle into bad crowds and legal trouble, and dabbled in so many substances from A to Z. She was also heavily tatted. There was an artist, the star of the story, who was a family friend. Great dude, insane work. She asked him to do a piece for her. Huge, intricate angel wings, oh the irony, across her back. He agrees. It takes several sessions across weeks. She repeatedly has to postpone payment, but he's chill, family friend, yada yada. Until it comes to the last session, when it slips that she still doesn't have the money, and more importantly, won't have the money. Like, ever. Now the pro-revenge. No collection agency, no refusal to continue. He smiles, waves it off, says, it's alright, it'll finish up, no charge. It's gonna be... A great piece, legendary, one for the history books, he guarantees. She is stoked. So right between those gorgeous wings, right up her spine, this idiot now has a massive, veiny, male appendage, proudly standing to attention up her spine. She saw it in the mirror when he finished and she was livid. But hey, what's she gonna do? She didn't pay him, and wasn't gonna pay him and expected hours and hours of work. You give a lot of trust to someone when they take a needle to your skin, to lay down something permanent. Don't stiff your artist. Yep, that one went about as I expected based on the title. Our next one is from, oh god, how is this pronounced? Pavio, oh, Pavo Jr. There we go. Usernames, how do they work? I had a member of staff try to force himself onto another member of staff. She chose not to press charges. Mmm, that didn't sit right with me. To preface, I live in a country that employs a large foreign-slash-expat workforce, in pretty much every industry and in all levels. For someone to move here for work, they have to be sponsored by a company or the individual that's employing them. I own and operate a small restaurant business here and employ more than a handful of foreigners as servers, cleaners, kitchen staff, drivers, etc. So here's the story. I was lounging on my couch enjoying the last of my weekend one day when I get a call telling me that one of our sponsored employees, a server, let's call her Janice, was picked up for indecent exposure essentially. Long story short, she was caught hooking up with a guy in a private booth at a local restaurant. Basically, the police walked in on them whilst engaged in some uh, seriously heavy petting. 
They were fully clothed, but the guy she was with, or practically on top of, should I say, had his junk out. Turns out he works at the restaurant two doors down from where she worked. After a bit of chastising and threatening to escalate the situation and have them deported to sufficiently scare their senses back into them, they let them go, but not before signing a pledge-type document promising to never repeat the offence, or else a slap on the wrist, basically, and everyone else goes home. But it doesn't end there. That night, something clicked in my brain and I had the thought, how and why did the police find them in a private booth in the back of a restaurant before the restaurant's own staff did? So I called the restaurant the next day. I thought maybe they called the police on them immediately for some reason. Or maybe the couple got belligerent when staff asked them to stop. Turns out the staff didn't notice a thing. In fact, up until that day, the police have never been to that restaurant before. And when they did, they simply walked in, went straight to the back booths where the two were sat and busted right in. I realized this meant that someone must have seen them and called the cops on them point blank. The question was, who? I decided to speak to Janice. I wanted to speak to her anyway that day, both to check in and get her version of the situation. I also gave her the employer, you know you did something stupid chat, and reassure her that she's keeping her job. I also wanted to ask her who she thought called her in. Without hesitation, she said it had to be Sammy, who was one of our drivers. Why do you think it was Sammy? I asked. He's the one that dropped me off at the restaurant that day. He might have seen my friend walk in right after me and called the police on us. She said. I knew the part of him dropping her off was true. That's literally his job and her only free mode of transport. Well, that sounds a bit drastic. Why would he do that even if he had seen you do anything? I asked. She claimed it was because he was jealous. He was really into her, apparently, and kept trying to get her into bed, she said. What genuinely pissed me off was when she told me that he actually tried to force himself onto her, and she fought him off, and that he hasn't tried or even said anything since other than be very short and curt with her. My immediate response was, why on earth would you not tell me or one of your managers right away? She said she had dealt with it her way, and it stopped. Plus, she didn't want anybody to get fired on her account and she didn't want any interactions with the authorities, so she decided not to make a big deal out of it in the first place. She also declined to press formal charges against him, which I advised her to do. Her declining infuriated me even more. This guy was going to get off scot-free. Now, clearly, I was about to fire Sammy, but in my mind, uh, that just wasn't enough. For someone to attempt to rape a person, basically, and not get into trouble for it, is not okay with me. But it seems like it was something I had to live with. Obviously, my next conversation of the day was with Sammy. My intent was to confront him with the accusations. I called him into my office. I didn't really know where to start, so I went with, Obviously, you've heard about what happened to Janice this weekend. He stepped in it right away. Heard about it? Came an unexpectedly proud response from the proud as fuck and positively beaming Sammy. I called it in. And this is where it started to get super satisfying. You see, for a couple of years since I met Sammy, every now and again he would pull out and show us all pictures of his wife, who was back home living with his mother. She was younger than him, and quite beautiful, but sadly barren, which is apparently why she settled with an older fart like him. He was so proud of how pretty she was. He was also a devout religious man, or so he claimed. So I ask, and why call the police? He came back with, 
Oh, after I dropped her off, I waited to see who she was meeting because she's a troublemaker woman. When I saw the man walking after her, I called police because I know him and he's married and this is against the law of God and man. I'm smiling. I knew I got him. Why do that instead of calling your direct manager or even me? And before even seeing for yourself what they were doing exactly at that? Why make it a problem and the company's problem what she does in her own time? Silence. Head down, counting his shoes. Sammy, I know why. I know what you did. Janice just told me. I am disgusted by you and sorry that we hired you. He had the audacity to mumble. I only tried once, sir. I almost slapped him. Anyways, I fired him. Handed him a one-way ticket home, which was in four hours, and told him to get the fuck out. This is where I get my not-so-petty revenge. I had his house phone number saved somewhere from when we hired him. It was on his CV. I knew that because I called him there to interview him before we first hired him. I waited until his flight took off and dialed the number. I assumed either his mother or wife would answer the call, but I was wishing for the latter, and I got my wish. Hello, Mrs. Sammy. I'm your husband's employer. Well, his former employer, anyway. Just to let you know, I fired him a few hours ago and he's on a flight home as we speak. His flight number is XXXX. He'll be arriving at roughly X time. And just so you're aware, I was forced to fire him because he attempted to rape a fellow employee half his age. I'm sorry. I said and promptly hung up, but not before hearing her gasping in shock. And you just know when he gets off the plane, she isn't going to tell him she knows. She's going to let him dig his own hole. She'll be like, hey, Sammy, so, um... Why did you get fired? And then she'll just let him dig and dig and dig and she'll be like, huh, that's interesting. And then one day she'll just drop the bombshell and let him know that she knows. Anyway, our next story is from Lucario Stormblade. Tried to steal my legally rented parking spot. Well, enjoy being unemployed. So this one happened last night. I am now in a good enough spot to actually post this. I'm not quite sure if it qualifies as pro, but it definitely isn't petty. I'm a professional driver, and as such on the roads in the US, there are different truck stops throughout the country that has a pay-to-park system. Usually about 10-20% to of the lot marked off as reserved with each space running from 15 to 25 bucks. The truck stop where this took place had parking for $17, which is relatively cheap, for a guaranteed spot. The spots are reserved for 24 hours starting at 4pm local time and extending to 3pm the following afternoon. I knew that I would have a late night delivery so I came to the truck stop around 3.30 and paid for a reserved spot. I told the manager on duty that I had a delivery up the road that night and would be back once delivery was completed, but I should still be able to clear out the spot by the next afternoon, today. She told me this was okay and she would mark the spot as sold when I left. That way, if someone else comes in trying to reserve that spot, she would consult her notes and deny the sale. 11.15 rolls around. I take off for my delivery. I don't get out of that facility until 2.30 a.m. the next morning. So I groggily drive back to the truck stop to reclaim my paid-for spot, only to find that the reserved parking spaces are all full. I call the manager on duty and after giving her my info, inform her that all the spots are full and that someone has parked in a spot and hasn't paid for it. 
she sends her other employee out to start checking trucks. The culprit was from a company that is known for their bright orange trailers and he was a company driver. The other employee starts banging on his door to inform him that he's parked illegally and has to move. Meanwhile, I can see the commotion from my mirror with my vantage point from the fuel island, where I'd been instructed to temporarily park. The driver answers the door with a bottle of Heineken in one hand and some sort of smoking implement in another. I know what it is, but for the sake of the mods, I'm not going to say it. I decided to roll down the window to hear the commotion, and I hear the employee tell the driver to either move or we'll get the towing company and police involved. The driver is flat out irate that someone had the audacity to tell him where he can and cannot park, so he slams the door on the employee, threatening him. Employees call the police and tow company, and the police show up first. I'd worked for this company before, so I know their policies and, more importantly, what they can and cannot have in their trucks. Alcoholic beverages are not allowed in the cab. Anything that isn't a cigarette or cigar and a lighter, also not allowed. The coup de gras, a pew-pew of any kind, absolutely not allowed, and especially not allowed loaded. This driver had all that and some other not-so-legal substances in his cab, so he was hauled away in cuffs. The truck was hauled away on a wrecker. I made a call after the commotion died down to the company's safety director and informed him that their rig will be in an impound lot and their driver is going to jail over the not-so-legal stuff he had in his truck. She thanked me and said that he will definitely lose his job, especially over the alcohol and the other not-so-legal stuff. I guess he played the screw-around-and-find-out card and it bit him in his career. Do you enjoy science, spooky stories, and all things paranormal? We do too. While we would love for most paranormal stories to be true, we are here to tell you that they probably aren't. But that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about. We are the Spooky Science Sisters podcast. In this podcast, we bring you bi-weekly discussions on possible scientific explanations behind the supernatural. Backed up by research articles and other credible sources, we do deep dives into things like archaeology and physics and share in-depth discussions with topic experts. Visit us at SpookySciencesisters.com to listen to a couple of skeptics debunk some of your favorite alien encounters, cryptid sightings, and ghost stories with science, sass, and a significant amount of laughter. Thank you, and stay spooky. True terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there.